People from all over the world are drawn to the mystique of the Old West for the roughness and romance of it. And that's part of the draw of Cheyenne, Wyoming in the U.S., but that's certainly not all Cheyenne is about. I'm Courtney Drake McDonough, the host of the Real Food Traveler podcast, and I found out on a recent summertime visit that Cheyenne offers many varied and interesting experiences. And that's why I asked Jim Walter, the Vice President and Director of Sales and Marketing for Visit Cheyenne to be our guest today so that we can all learn more. Jim, thanks so much for joining me today. Great to be with you. And, you know, you asked me to if I'd come and talk to you about Cheyenne and so how much time do you have? I just, I love my adopted city and I love the chance to, to tell people about it. Well, good. I, I always love it when people are passionate about what they're telling us about, because that certainly makes everything come alive for our listeners and our readers. So let's, let's start with some of the facts and stats about Cheyenne, Wyoming, for um, people who may not be familiar with it. Sure. You know, geographically, we're located about 90 miles uh, north of Denver. Uh, on what the on the very northern part of what you know locals call the front range of the Colorado Rockies, uh, we're at about six thousand feet of elevation, and we consider ourselves to be high plains. And so it's a very dry climate. Uh, about thirteen inches of rain or precipitation a year. You know, fifty inches of that you know is snowfall in the winter time. Uh, absolutely gorgeous summers here. Uh, I tell people from just about Memorial Day to, um, you know, what, what we've always called Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day, however uh, we refer to it now, um, that's, you know, that time frame is just absolutely gorgeous in Cheyenne. Uh, outside of that, it can be a little bit windy, can be a little bit uh, challenging to uh, enjoy the outdoors, but I grew up in the Northeast and we have 300 days of sunshine a year, so that really, um, it can be windy and cold outside all at once. If the sun's out, I'm pretty happy with that. We've been here since 1867, and uh, Cheyenne was um, the main reason Cheyenne is where it is was uh, that's when they were building the Transcontinental Railroad. And uh, as it came across Nebraska and headed toward the Rocky Mountains, uh, the surveyors were out ahead trying to find how are we going to get these trains over these 12, 13, 14,000 foot mountain peaks. And they found that uh, Sherman Hill, which is just to the west of Cheyenne, uh, was a great place with a, with a reasonable grade to get up and over. And uh, about a 9,000 foot summit up in that area uh, made it a little easier. So uh, Cheyenne became the um, base camp basically to get over the Rockies and, and to, to get on over toward uh, Provo and drive the Golden Spike a few years later. A lot of these railroad towns that popped up, uh, popped up and, and disappeared as the railroad moved on to the next town and the next base camp. Uh, those towns dried up, but Cheyenne stayed, uh, and Cheyenne became a center of prosperity, uh, became the territorial capital of uh, Wyoming, and then later the capital. And uh, if you come and visit us today, uh, the historic depot is on. The south end of Capitol Avenue. The Capitol is on the north end of Capitol Avenue, and the story that was that's always related is that the politicians built the Capitol there to keep an eye on the railroad, and the railroad built the depot here to keep an eye on the politicians. So, some pretty cool history uh, in our town. And and I was surprised by the population too for such a big state. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're the eighth largest state uh, with. Um, 
in land mass, we are the smallest state in population. There's about a half a million people in the entire state of Wyoming. And 100,000 of those people, so 20%, live right here in the greater Cheyenne area. Uh, Laramie County is the county we're in. We have about 70,000 that live in the city proper. And then another 30,000 live in the outlying areas. Wow, so lots of open space. Very much. Yeah. Yeah, we... You know, in the early days of COVID, uh, we had a, a meme that we created that said, uh, you know, Wyoming practicing social distancing for 200 years. So <laughs> That's great. Um, when a lot of people think of Wyoming and Cheyenne in particular, and I'm doing air quotes here that you can't see, um, Old West and Cowboys come to mind. Does Cheyenne embrace that or is or do you find it kind of limiting in any way? You know, We've struggled over the years in, in, you know, what do we do with that Western history? Um, our, our tagline as a visitor's bureau uh, for a long, long time has been living, Cheyenne living the legend. Our police cars all say protecting the legend on the back of the police car. So, um, but not everybody. And when you're, when you're a growing city and you're trying to attract new technology, new businesses, uh, younger people, um, you know, Gen Z, um, millennials, they don't have as close of a tie to the West. Uh, I'm 46 years old, and I'd say, you know, a lot of people that, you know, on the young end of Gen X, on the older end of millennials, you know, were the last that you would come home from school and there would be Westerns on TV. Um, you would turn on the TV on a Saturday. I grew up with, you know, three or four television stations, and one of them always had John Wayne movies on. So the West was a romantic idea uh, for me, um, but you know, younger generations didn't quite have that exposure. So as a visitor's bureau, and as a, and somebody that's uh, you know, trying to drive the conversations in the community, we had to have some real conversations about what do we do with that Western heritage? Do we go all in? Um, and we kept coming back to, there's a lot of things to do here in Cheyenne. Um, that are not necessarily Western, but might be here because we've been Western. Um, when you've got one of the greatest uh, outdoor rodeos in the world, you, you don't run from that. You know, Cheyenne Frontier Days is the last full week of July, and that brings cowboys and cowgirls um, and animal athletes from literally around the world to come and compete here. Uh, we hand out over a million dollars in checks to our cowboys and cowgirls that week. Uh, we put on, uh, as a visitor's bureau, six rodeos a year called the Hell on Wheels Rodeo Series, um, which is an opportunity for people who are here in Cheyenne, and it's not Frontier Days, to see what a live rodeo looks like, to experience that up close and in person. And we pair that together with a chuck wagon dinner. Um, visitors that are coming here love that, you know, romantic West. They love the history of the railroad. So... The, pe the people that live here on a regular basis, you know, they've got a variety of interests. So how do we play to that? And uh, what we've done is we've started to re you know, refer to it as um, Cheyenne Chic. Um, that's our live music scene. That's our restaurant scene. That's our museum scene. It's our arts scene in general. Um, and it's, you know, part of come and explore a side of Cheyenne that you may have not known existed. Um, when we look at our brand, you know, communities spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to brand themselves. You go anywhere in the world and say Cheyenne, and people know exactly, you know, what you're talking about. But there's also that side of our community that people may have never experienced. And uh, so we've leaned into that. 
And while we haven't completely gone away from the West, we've said, hey, you know, come and experience some of the best in professional rodeo in the afternoon. And then in the evening, you know, have a three course meal with in a place with a great wine list or uh, catch a live show that maybe isn't necessarily country music. And then it's something that's been very successful for us to explore. Good. That's great. Um, now, agriculture is a big part of Wyoming, and we certainly saw that in some of the events my husband and I attended, including, um, as you mentioned, the Hell on Wheels and the Chuck Wagon Dinner and Rodeo and the beautiful feast in the field that we had at a local farm, but also at the Cheyenne Farmer's Market, which just blew us away with a variety of local produce and products that were there. So can you talk a little bit more about um, the agriculture and agritourism scene in Cheyenne? Absolutely. Uh, You know, having lived in upstate New York before I moved to Cheyenne, uh, we leaned hard into the agritourism where I was um, before. And, uh, you know, and since coming here, we've watched our agritourism products uh, develop more and more. Uh, You know, if you're coming into Wyoming, south of Cheyenne, uh, you hit, you know, one of the bigger agritourism uh, sites that, that in the region with the uh, Terry Bison Ranch. Um, they've got a herd of 3,500 bison on uh, a smaller herd that they actually have that um, you, they put customers on a train and take the train out into the bison herd where you can then hand feed the, the bison, which is really cool. And, you know, we like to say it's the, the only place you can safely take a selfie with a bison in, in the state of Wyoming. Um, you know, and you'll learn about, you know, the, the history of that ranch and, and the history of ranching in general and what it takes to run a ranch uh, in 2022. So that's been a really uh, important and popular place. And you can go and eat in their restaurant. You can have a bison burger or bison short ribs. So you kind of get that full circle of, you know, feed a bison, eat a bison, um, but also learn about the farming and learn about the fact that your meat doesn't come from the store. I mean, that's might be where you buy it, but they're not making it out in the back. That there are ranchers and farmers that are every day out there um, putting it on the line financially, physically uh, with their families to, to put food on the table for everyday Americans. And so that's the important part of agritourism in my mind. You know, I think about it, I grew up on a dairy farm, um, but you know, the closest, my daughter, my daughter's involved in rodeo. So she's around animals. Uh, she's around um, farm animals and, and ranches, but there's a lot of kids and there's a lot of people even my age that have no connection back to the farm. My parents' generation, Either if they didn't grow up on a farm, they had an uncle on a farm, and that's where you spent summers. You went to the farm. You know, I hear so many stories from different families about the farm, and I'm now I'm using the air quotes that, that people can't see. And you know, agritourism important is important because we need to have people have that farm experience. They need to understand what rural life is like here in America. So you've got the Terry Bison Ranch. We've got a really cool experience uh, just east of town as you get out on the plains, a little town called Carpenter, a little place called Pine Ranch. They do a homesteading experience. So you can come and spend the day and you can learn what it was like to show up there in a kind of stoga wagon and put down roots. 
you turn the butter, you milk the cow by hand, you do a lot of the, the manual labor, and you get a real, real education on, on the homesteading um, movement from the 1800s, early 1900s, and what life was like in that day and age. And then there's things like our distilleries and our breweries, where you might not think, you know, you're, I'm going to craft breweries this weekend. You may not think, hey, that's agritourism, but here in Wyoming, um, we've got a distillery out in the western or eastern part of the county that also is has a malting company, and they source all of their grains from a 25-mile radius of the malting company. They then make it into bourbon, vodka, gin, um, you know, rye whiskey as well, and they they call it a you know they call their model a farm to flask model. You know, the farmer drops it off, it goes into the malting facility, and it gets distilled, goes into the barrel, and then into a bottle eventually. And it's all done right there locally, providing value added to that agriculture product. And those malts and grains that they're using as well are going to some of the breweries in Cheyenne. And some of the breweries in Cheyenne are using those local grains to brew their beers, making it an even more hyper-local product. So, you know, some really neat ways to look at agritourism, uh, a lot of different ways to look at agritourism, but they're all you know, so important. You know, usually, you know, it's, it's educating people about farms. It's finding value added for the products that the farms and the ranches are creating and, um, and you know, providing an experience for people. Yeah, that's wonderful. And, and at the farm to table dinner that we attended, um, I got to talk to the couple that own the bison ranch that had had provided the bison for that dinner. And it was so interesting to talk to them. And, and I'd just been standing next to them watching the dinner being made. You know, we hadn't talked to each other yet and we just happened to strike up a conversation. And, and it was just so amazing to me that, you know, this is, they provided this, this meat for this dinner and they have this (laughs) whole other lifestyle that I do. And, and, um, and we had a really wonderful talk and, and it really was just so great to, to personally connect with ranchers, you know, the, the people who are, who make it their livelihood to provide um, these products to all of us. So it's, there are lots of opportunities like that. And I love that homesteading idea. That's, that's really wonderful. But that is the nice thing is that there are opportunities to be able to connect with personally um, with the people behind the food, you know, whether it's at an event like that or at the chuck wagon dinner or at the farmer's market, at the restaurants, um, any number of ways. And I, I really liked that it was so approachable. Um, and speaking of food, um, Cheyenne is a great place for foodies, as, as we found out when we visited. And the variety of restaurants was really impressive from you know, super, super casual and, and food trucks um, all the way to, to you know, I, I would call it fine dining. Um, we went to a couple places that were really fantastic. So can you, you know, just to give us a sense of the variety of restaurants, can you give us a taste of that, um, of both the food and drink options that are available to people when they visit Cheyenne? You know, it's interesting you mentioned food trucks because six years ago, I don't think we had a food truck in Cheyenne. And now, you know, there's nine, 10, 11 of them that are out, you know, in, in various places around the community. Um, you know, it's a very diverse food scene um, in in the offerings that are out there. Uh, you know, we've got, you know, I wouldn't consider sushi 
um, in a city that's about as far away from the ocean as you can get. We've got a wonderful sushi restaurant downtown, uh, Bejo, it's called. Uh, I enjoy going there for sushi a couple of times a year. And then you've got what you would expect. You know, we've been talking about agritourism. We've been talking about, you know, Cheyenne in general, the West. You know, steak is the cuisine of Cheyenne. So we've got some wonderful steakhouses uh, in this community. Um, the Wyoming Ribbon Chop House uh, is our downtown steakhouse. And they do a, a wonderful job. And then you've got places like Little Bear, which is north of town, um, an old stagecoach outpost, um, one of the great hidden gems as far as steakhouses go in the community. The Metropolitan downtown is, you know, as fine dining as it gets. They hired a chef out of Denver originally. He came up here, got it up, got it running, and he's actually moved on and started his own food truck empire. He's got, I think, two trucks now. Um, and then he's opening a restaurant um, on the west edge of downtown this summer or this fall. So a, a big variety. And, you know, we're an Air Force town. You know, if you were in Air Force bases here and, and what you find with a lot of um, airmen is, you know, they like their chains because, you know, ostensibly a Texas roadhouse in Cheyenne is going to be similar to the Texas roadhouse in Minot, North Dakota. You know, it provides, same with, you know, an Olive Garden, it provides that, you know, nice um, familiarity for them. But then when they start spreading out and checking out Naples for Italian food, or as I mentioned, the Wyoming Ribbon Chop House, we see them start to spread out and and, and, and expand their culinary horizons quite a bit. So it's a nice variety. Uh, it brings us, uh, we've got four breweries downtown with a fifth one on the way, uh, a distillery downtown as well. And so that food, that drink scene, uh, if you want a really good old fashioned, you can find one of those at the Paramount Ballroom. If you're looking for a uh, fantastic uh, chili beer, uh, which I love chili beers, but I've never had one before I came to Cheyenne. You can find that at a brewery. So a lot of hardworking individuals, uh, again, a lot like I said about our farmers and ranchers, they're putting their livelihoods on the line to, to create a product and create something here in our community that people can be proud of. And it's excited. I've been excited to watch it grow. Yeah. And, and I need to put out a little shout out for the Metropolitan where I had probably the best hamburger of my life there. It was perfect in every way. And what was kind of a kick in the pants to me was that it's this very elegant looking restaurant. And we were seated at in um, green velvet banquettes. <laughs> so I'm you know, <laughs> sitting on green velvet eating this fantastic hamburger, but that was, that was really delicious. So that was a great place. And I encourage people to find, go, go there. Um, so we've talked to quite a bit about food and drink in Cheyenne because, you know, real food traveler, that's what we're all about. Um, but there is a lot more to experience there in Cheyenne. Um, what are some of your top picks for things to do so that a visitor would get a real feel for, for the full range of things to do? And I'm going to put in my request that you um, be sure to talk a little bit about the Botanic Gardens, which blew us away. Our Botanic Gardens is really, really cool, um, you know, and it's a publicly funded project. So um, about five years ago now, maybe longer, I'm starting to lose track of time, 
uh, they opened their new Grand Conservancy. And it's my favorite secret place to watch a sunset when you're in Cheyenne is to go over to the Botanic Gardens up on the second floor. They've got an outside rooftop patio that from that patio, you can see um, the foothills of the Rockies. And on a good day, you can see all the way to the Rocky Mountains and watch the sunset. So that's my hidden, you know, well, here's a local secret uh, of things, something you need to do when you're in Cheyenne. Um, you know, other attractions, our state capital just had a uh, $300 million restoration uh, where they, you know, I, I, I liken it to, you know, you move into a house that was built in the 30s and you pull up the shag carpeting that was put in in the 70s and you realize that they've got beautiful oak hardwood floors. You think, why would people cover that up? There's a lot of that going on in our state capitol. Every time, you know, they needed to add a room or move something around or add an office, you know, they boarded things up, they covered walls. And so they tore a lot of that out. It's a very historical building. Uh, and in the state capitol, you'll find the uh, Supreme Court chambers where the um, bill was signed into law uh, by the governor that guaranteed women the right to vote and hold public office in um, uh, 150 years ago from 2019. So math in, in, in 1869 is when that happened. Um, 50 years before the uh, 19th Amendment was ratified. And in fact, uh, Congress told Wyoming that, uh, you know, if they were going to come into the union, they had to eliminate that right to vote for women. And uh, Wyoming answered back, um, you can keep your statehood. We're going to allow our women to, to vote. And, you know, in the 1800s, if you were a woman living here in Wyoming, uh, you were one tough cookie. And I wouldn't have wanted to renege on that either. So it was a good decision by the men that were uh, running the state legislature. And, you know, we're home to the, the first woman governor in the history of the United States here as well. First woman justice of the peace. So a lot of, of that great history we can learn about that in our state capitol building. Um, the Wyoming State Museum just down the street, um, you know, that covers everything from the national parks to, you know, the, the move west to the conflicts with, with the indigenous people that were living here. Um, and it covers it all in, in a very good and, and fair way and really gives a, a great history of, of our state. If you want to see things, you know, across the city in one fell swoop, um, you know, buying the 90-minute trolley tour, it's uh, $15. Uh, it's a Wild West history tour. Then you ride a trolley around town and, and hear about, you know, the history of Cheyenne and the things that happened here. Uh, you know, for our days of being that hell on wheels rodeo town to a few short later's. Uh, a few short years later, we've got some of the first gas street lights in America. And you know, we were known as the Paris of the West because of the high per capita earnings of, of the cattle, cattle growers that were here. Um, so just a few years after that, seeing that whole cattle industry wiped completely out. So some fascinating history. And you'll learn about that on that narrated trolley tour. And then you know, if you happen to come in the fall, um, that trolley tour in October is a haunted trolley tour. So we do um, 90 minutes of ghost stories uh, around Cheyenne. And as you can imagine, in a town that was uh, full of, you know, outlaws and transients and so much was being built um, and there was so much tragedy, uh, there's plenty of, of ghost stories 
to go around and it's, it's really uh, very interesting. You know, also I think about, you know, other things to do here. Um, you know, if you like outdoor adventure, uh, just 25 minutes to the west, right up in the foothills of the Rockies, you'll find Kirk Gowdy State Park. And uh, they've got 35 miles of trails for hiking and they're rated epic for mountain biking. Uh, I've done a lot of trail running up there. You can stand up paddle boards, you can camp, uh, and it's all, all very convenient. So those would be kind of my highlights, the things that here the must say, must see things that you've got to do when you're in Cheyenne. Those, those are great things. One thing we did when we were there, um, and I'm going to mess up the name, but the Cowgirl Museum. Oh, Cowgirls of the West. Yeah. yeah, Cowgirls of the West, which was such a surprise. It was just like in a in a little storefront, basically, mm-hmm. um, downtown, and um, is this charming free museum that's jam-packed with you know memorabilia and information and costumes and vignettes and a great video in the back be sure you go all the way to the back to watch that because it was very informative but I mean it was it was a great springboard given the very progressive history for women there to also see the role that cowgirls played and still play to this day. It was, it was very interesting. So I definitely recommend people pop in there and, you know, allow yourself at least an hour to go through everything because it was really fun. How about events that happen throughout the year in Cheyenne? I know you mentioned Cheyenne Frontier Days, which is a classic, but what are some other key ones throughout the year that we should watch for and maybe plan our trips around? You know, that's kind of the cool thing is, you know, I talked earlier in the podcast about how um, amazing our weather is in the summertime, and we take full advantage of that uh, with some great community events. Obviously, Cheyenne Frontier Days, um, that's 10 days, nine professional rodeo, Cowboy Association rodeos, uh, seven concerts, typically country music or rock, a uh, couple of professional bull riding events. That's the one that everybody knows us for. Uh, but you've got events throughout the year. Uh, the Wyoming Brewers Festival is Father's Day weekend, usually Friday night and Saturday night, uh, where they take the Depot Plaza, which is in downtown Cheyenne. There's live music, usually somewhere between 25 and 30 breweries sampling their beers. Uh, one of our more uh, popular events that, that goes on every summer. Uh, we've got a wonderful Celtic Festival that happens in early June, uh, where you'll have a lot of um, bagpipes. They do some Scottish games where in some strongman competitions with that as well. Uh, Celtic music down on the plaza. Um, displays from uh, Celtic families and clans uh, out at the park. So if you've got some, some, some Celtic history in your bloodlines, you know, you can learn a lot about that and learn a lot about the different, the different clans uh, from that part of uh, Europe. Welcoming back this year, after a couple of year hiatus because of COVID, uh, we'll have our Greek festival. Uh, Greek festival happens out at, at the at the rodeo grounds at Cheyenne Frontier Days, but it's, it's uh, Friday night and Saturday, and it's Greek music and Greek food and Greek culture, and uh, we're real excited. We've got a really cool Greek community here in Cheyenne, a couple of Greek Orthodox churches uh, here in that Greek community is very, very, very proud. And they love putting that festival on. And, you know, the food is just fantastic and something that people look forward to. 
Uh, the Hispanic festival we do every year, we've got a rich Hispanic culture here in Cheyenne um, that, that continues to grow. And, you know, that's probably our most colorful festival when I think about it. You know, the young ladies in their, in their, in their dresses, uh, the mariachi bands, the dancing, uh, the food, the flavors, um, you know, that Hispanic festival this year, it's going to be, I think it's coming up next weekend here um, or comes up in September every year. And that one used to be in June, but they moved it in, into the fall, which is, which is nice as well. So some, some big festivals, and, and every year we do what we call um, Edge Fest, which is on the west edge of downtown. And we've got a, a, a local committee that brings in a, a couple of pop bands and food trucks and uh, you know displays. It's really to celebrate the rebirth and regrowth of our west edge of our downtown. And that Edge Fest has had some pretty amazing artists over the years. They they have this uncanny knack of discovering an artist about two years before they blow up nationally. And, and they do a lot of that through, guess what, TikTok. Who's popular on TikTok? And, you know, who's going to be, you know, see their, their star or their rocket take off after uh, this year? And they've done a very good job of identifying those. And it provides a whole different flair and a whole different feeling for our community. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad to hear there's such a variety. That's really cool. I mean, it's, it shows how well-rounded you are as a city to have a, a, that big of variety. So, you know, you're, you're obviously very passionate about Cheyenne. It's, it's literally your job to, to uh, learn about everything and get to know everybody and have your finger on the pulse of everything that's going on. Um, but you also live there in, in upstate New York and Wyoming. That's a big difference. <laughs> Um, so tell me from your personal point of view, from you as a resident there, um, what it is about Cheyenne that you've come to love so much? I think the thing I love about Cheyenne, and, and I've, I was very lucky uh, over Labor Day weekend, I uh, got married. So I was able to host a lot of my family, a lot of my uh, wife's family uh, who had never been here before and show this community off to them. And I think for me, you know, what I love about this community is how friendly everybody is, how open and welcoming they were when, when I moved here, you know, 10 years ago. But the thing that I've been most impressed with and the thing that I, I probably do the most in this community uh, is spend time in our downtown. Our downtown, like so many downtowns, has had such a hard, hard go of it over the last 30 years. And the growth that I've seen uh, in our community over the last five years has been amazing. Um, the art, the amount of public art that we have downtown, it blew me away 10 years ago when I moved here. Uh, you know, we probably had seven or eight bronze statues around town, 25 um, giant cowboy boots that were painted and decorated. And I thought, wow, look at all this public art. That's pretty, pretty progressive for, a, you know, a Western city. It's only exploded by leaps and bounds since then. Uh, between the depot and the Capitol on Capitol Avenue, there's a project going on that they're going to probably finish this year uh, that's put a bronze statue on every corner between the depot and the Capitol. Um, some honoring concepts, some honoring animals, some honoring people. Um, but it's really cool to see all these different bronze statues that have been bought and paid for by the community. Uh, we have murals like you wouldn't believe. May, five years ago, we had two or three murals downtown. Now we've got somewhere in the vicinity of 30 or 35 murals downtown. Um, in fact, even today, 
um, I had to come to work a different way than I normally do. And I saw a mural that I'd never seen before. Um, I just happened to be on a different street and they're just so creative. And we've done a fairly decent job of keeping them uh, themed appropriately uh, while allowing um, artists to have kind of, you know, their artistic reign to, to, to do them. But you know, a lot of Western themed murals, a lot of animal themed murals, um, some of them pretty funky as well. And so just enjoying that, that scene of, you know, how it's grown. You know, we had one brewery when I moved here, we've got, soon we'll have five breweries in our downtown. Um, we didn't even have a steakhouse downtown when I moved here. Now we've got a couple of good steakhouses downtown. Just to watch that growth and spend so much time down here, um, you know, that's, that's my favorite part. And then the shopping has really just, um, you know, really grown over the last couple of years as well. Uh, a lot of Western boutique shops, um, a lot of uh, modern shopping as well, some great arts places uh, to, to visit, a lot of places that are creating product here and then selling it. And that's just been so much fun to watch um, take off. And uh, we're real, it's really my, it's my favorite part of Cheyenne. That's awesome. And, and first of all, congratulations on getting married. That's really wonderful. Thank you. Good for you. Um, well, th this has been really informative. Um, and, uh, you know, even though I visited, obviously it was just a, a quick weekend, I couldn't learn at all, but I've certainly learned a lot more talking to you today and certainly makes me want to come back and, and especially for some of those festivals and uh, kind of build a trip around some of those and go exploring some more. But for those who, you know, would like to come visit for the first time or come back and kind of really go exploring, what are the best ways for people to get started planning a trip to Cheyenne? Sure. Um, Cheyenne.org is a great resource. Uh, at that website, you will find our calendar of events that is coming up, um, all the concerts and live music that, that are uh, on tap for our community. You'll find coupons and savings passes to uh, help you enjoy, make your dollar stretch a little bit further when you're in Cheyenne. Uh, lots of great things on that website to help you plan that trip. Following us on our socials as well. Um, we're very active on Twitter at, um, at CheyenneWY, uh, which is, uh, we grabbed that early and I think the city still wishes they had that, but no, that's ours. Um, or if you check on Facebook, we're at at Visit Cheyenne, same with Instagram. Um, and we do have a TikTok page too for our, um, our listeners who have TikTok and use TikTok. Even I have TikTok now, but I'm usually watching people grill steaks or smoke <laughs> meat, or I, I use it for, I call it steak TikTok. But, um, you know, you can find some stuff about Cheyenne on there as well. So all those digital places are great places to look. Uh, you can also request a visitor's guide. We'll send you a good old-fashioned guide that's got our listings of hotels and restaurants and attractions and things to do. Cool. Well, this has been so much fun. I've learned a lot, and um, it's it brought my visit all back to me fresh again. I can I can just picture it all as you're talking about it. And I hope our listeners and our readers enjoyed this too and, and certainly make plans to go visit Cheyenne. 
And this is as good a time as any for me to remind people that the Real Food Travel podcast, Real Food Traveler podcast, is available on Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and a whole bunch of other listening services. We're always getting picked up new places that I'm not even aware of. But we're also on the realfoodtraveler.com website where we'll have an article about our podcast today, my conversation with Jim Walter where we'll have the links to the website that Jim just mentioned, Cheyenne.org, and to their social media. And we'll have some photos on there and and, uh, some snippets from our conversation today. So there'll be a little player there that you can click on and listen to the podcast right then and there, as well as having the visuals and the links. So Jim, thank you so much for joining me today and for telling us all these interesting things about Cheyenne. I, I mean, the Wild West history is great. And that's if that's what draws you in, that's fine. But you're going to find a whole lot more. And, and you really brought that to life for us. So thank you so much for joining us today. Well, I appreciate you taking taking the time to come and visit us in person and, and inviting me on your podcast. Uh, I, like I told you before we got it started, I can talk all day long about Cheyenne. So um, I'm, I'm glad to share and look forward to hosting some uh, some travelers up here to uh, figure out their own place in our culinary scene. Great. Well, love your enthusiasm. It's, it's great and it's contagious. So thanks again. Thank you. <laughs>